my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone, or should I say Fuller House Friday, because I am covering a Fuller House episode in honor of May 8th, Mother's Day. I will be covering Season 5, Episode 6, or I am covering Season 5, Episode 6, The Mayor's Bird, which aired December 6th, 2019. So... <laughs> The mayor of San Francisco needs a house call to cure her bird. Ethan is invited to participate in Gibbler game night, and Stephanie contemplates her future as mother of Danny slash Danielle. This episode's got a 7.2 based uh, 7.2 out of 10 rating based on 195 ratings. We do have guest starring Kim Whitley as Mayor Boone and Fred Grandy as Cunningham. Not sure who that is. Wait a minute. Is this guy on the love boat? He's wearing what looks like an outfit. He could anyway. Noah Alexander Geary. Geary Geary G E R R Y. He plays Ethan. Alright, this episode was directed by Richard Perrell, writer Jeff Franklin, John D. Beck, Ron Hart, Nick Facitelli, and Will Griffin. Alright, we do have some trivia. Matt breaks the fourth wall by singing the theme song of Full Slash Fuller House. Hmm, I will have to watch for that. Mayor's full name is Unetta Bo uh, Boone. Unetta Boone. Play on words for you need a boon. That doesn't make any sense. Or even you need a bone. Ugh, come on, you're kind of reaching whoever is doing the trivia for this episode. The bottle of wine Steve and DJ are drinking is from Bure, uh, Beret Winery, which is owned by Candace Cameron Beret, who plays DJ, and her husband. Valerie. Is it, is it, how do you say it? Val? Val? <clears throat> anyway, alright. So, of course, before I officially get into the episode, as I did say, I am covering this episode in honor of Mother's Day, May 8th. And if you're new to the podcast, you're jumping on the Tanner train for the first time, hence the podcast. I want to let you know where you can listen to the podcast. You can listen on Apple iTunes or SoundCloud. It is available, of course, on the Oh My Lanta Holy Chulupas Full House slash Fuller House podcast, also under the Punky Power on an official Punky Brewster podcast, and the Looking Back on My Wonder Years of Wonder Years podcaster. So there are three different ways to be able to listen to it. Also, a couple things about this podcast that set it apart from others out there. One is this is a combined Full House, Fuller House podcast that is 
open to ears of all ages. There is no expletives whatsoever when it comes to this podcast. I wanted to make it a family-friendly podcast so you could listen to it with your kids around and not have to worry about any F-bombs, H-bombs, S-bombs, whatever, you know, being dropped. So, yeah, and just, you know, I... Just I just love doing this podcast. It's so fun. Just coming back after having grown up with Full House and, you know, reliving my memories and and all just sharing my love for the Tanner slash Fuller family. I just I love it so much. Also, another thing about this podcast is I don't go in order of episode by episode or season by season. I wanted to do themes. So, currently, I just finished up the serious episodes for the podcast three-year anniversary in April. For May, I am only covering two episodes. I'm doing, of course, this episode, The Mayor's Bird, and Full House Season 4, Old Brown Eyes, which is in honor of Bob Saget, who recently passed away in January. This is in honor of his birthday. June for Father's Day, the month of June, I will be covering three episodes. I will be covering <laughs> Season 5's Where Oh Where, Has My Little Girl Gone, that's a Danny and DJ episode. Then we have Season 6, I'm Not DJ, a Danny and Stephanie episode. And then Season 7, High Anxiety, a Danny and Michelle episode. And the Olsen Twins do have a birthday in June, so I will be covering for their birthday <laughs> a fish called Martin. So, yeah. Look forward to that. In July, I'm pretty much just going to stick with a double feature of doing the almost breakup double feature with Jesse and Becky in season three. Breaking up is hard to do in 22 minutes. And also designing mothers from season six where we get to meet Vicky's mom and Danny and Becky they don't outright say they're breaking up but they kind of go their several ways for the majority of the episode it just doesn't feel it's like they just had an argument I don't understand where and I'll get to it when I cover it when Stephanie and Michelle who are now sharing a room in season six Actually, I'd been sharing a room since uh, sometime in season five. But anyway, Vicky's mom takes it upon herself because she's an interior decorator. As an apology to Danny, she redecorates the girls' room. Looks gorgeous, by the way. Absolutely love it. I'm guessing the set designers probably like, you know, it's time for a change. Let's do something different. So, really beautiful. I love it. It's I would, would have loved a room like that. <laughs> Although I probably would have hung pictures all over the walls. Anyway. Yeah. Stephanie and Michelle go to like hang out in DJ's room. Like we're going to stay in your room tonight. We're having a big old sleepover because we don't want to sleep in our new bedroom. Because that's the quote unquote breakup room. It made Danny and Vicky. Made dad and Vicky fight. So and then of course. There's a whole thing where Stephanie and Michelle try to get Vicky and Danny back together. I just, it doesn't feel like it's a breakup episode unless they're the ones mentioning it. They're broken up. What are you talking about? I didn't hear anyone say, I want to break up with you. I heard none of that. So, yeah. And the thing is that I already covered 
Danny and Vicky officially breaking up in the actual breakup double feature, which was last year when I covered the DJ and Steve breakup. So this is the quote-unquote almost breakup, but not quite. So look forward to that <clears throat> in July. In August, we're going to be covering the sisters. It's going to be a triple feature because there's going to be three episodes. And i got to find out the name of that one. Okay, so it's going to be the Hole in the Wall Gang from season four. And... Guys, I gotta really do my homework with it. I, I've seen every episode a bazillion times, um, and I still sometimes like, what season? <clears throat> the Hole in the Wall Gang is not there. That No, that would be a season four episode, because he was fixing up the place after they got married. So it's going to be, for heaven's sake, <laughs> episode 21, The Hole in the Wall Gang. And then we're going to jump to Season 5, Sisters in Crime, which would be Season, Season, yeah. That's great. That's where we officially actually meet Steve is Season 5, Episode 14, Sisters in Crime, when he is Steven Peters. He's Steve Peters. And he honestly kind of comes off as not so much unlikable, but he just really could care less about Stephanie and Michelle tagging along on his date with DJ. And then we officially get to see him again in the season six episode one come fly with me episode where he and DJ are actually dating each other. And then the other one, so like I said, it's going to be a triple feature for August is going to be, I know it's in here, the prying game. Yes. The prying game. That is where, Stephanie's at the library. She sees Steve there and he's with his, she doesn't know it's his cousin. She thinks that because the girl kisses Steve on the cheek, mind you, that Steve is cheating on DJ. No. So yes, that will be that. And then in September, I'll be doing the back to school double feature part two, which is <laughs> it is going to be Working Girl and Stephanie Gets Framed. So we will be meeting Steve Urkel in a cameo. <laughs> Flew all the way from Chicago all the way to San Fran to see his cousin and give Stephanie some great advice on what it means to be somebody who wears glasses. Yeah. So that is pretty much the schedule from May to September. <laughs> Uh, at some point, if you guys want, I can give you guys a lowdown of the uh, series that will be upcoming. Basically, my I've chronicled the rest of the episodes that I'm going to do as far as Full House goes. And I can always do that in a separate episode if you'd like. And then that way you guys kind of know what to look forward to. Now, be keep in mind, these things do sometimes change. Situations arise where it's like I can't do this one this month because of, you know, my, you know, other things going on in my life. So um, I'll change things up. But I will give you guys usually a heads up ahead of time to let you know, like, okay, plans have changed. But at least this way I can give you guys an idea of what you'll be hopefully expecting for 
the rest of 2022 and well into 2023. So, all right. Also, if you want to email the podcast, Talk about your favorite character, Full House Memories. If you want to get your voice heard on the podcast, you can write in to the podcast at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you've been enjoying the podcast for a while or you're just tuning in and you like what you hear, if you could jump on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Look for the Full House or Fuller House podcast. Whichever you type in, the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. You can use emojis if you want to describe your favorite episode. Oh my gosh. Yes, you could use emojis if you want to do episode title. And I could guess what those episode titles are. I actually had someone like, hey, use emojis to describe characters. Somebody did that. Somebody went out of the way to do that. And I thought that was the funnest thing. If you want to try to trump me, stump me, whatever you want to call it, with episode titles as um, emojis as episode titles, I would love to try to do do that. I, I would even, like, read that, uh, like, try to figure them out on the air. So, yeah, all five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into The Mayor's Bird. Now, the last time I watched this would have been when the episode dropped on Netflix, season five. I'm trying to think, did they drop that in two halves? I swear they must have. Like, yeah, I thought, like, 2019 they dropped the first half, and then in 2020, in June, I remember this, too. They dropped the last half of episodes, because I watched it in a day, because I was, you know, before we had moved, I was waiting for someone to, you know, work on our kitchen floors and all this, and the person never showed. So what's sad about that is the fact that I was irritated while I was watching it, like, I couldn't full, I enjoyed them, but I would have enjoyed them a lot more if I didn't have, you know, someone be a no-show when they're supposed to be installing a new kitchen floor. So, yeah, but, all right, like I said, let's jump into this episode. I'm excited. <laughs> Just, uh, I love, we, and the thing is what's sad, and even Andrea Barber, um, if you follow her on Instagram for uh, Candace's birthday, it was really funny because Andrea was in character as Kimmy Gibbler, and she was bringing up the point like, "Oh, I never hear from Stephanie. What about that baby? We only saw it, like one or two times in in the last season, and you know, and then we never see the baby again. And it's just like she's got a point. We really did not see that baby except for felt like. The first episode, like season five, when she comes home with the baby, and then, um, what's the other one? Was it Cold Turkey? I think the Thanksgiving, the last, you know, Thanksgiving episode, and we saw the baby, uh, like, twice in that episode. I'm like, I get it with babies, you do have to be restricted, like, how often you can use them on set and everything. But it's just like, oh, I would have liked a little more. I mean, sometimes we see, like, Stephanie, like, talking to the baby via, she's sitting, we can't see, she's not, the baby's not facing us, and Stephanie's talking that way, but it's like, oh, I would have liked a little more, but 
it is what it is. You know, you can only use babies for so long on set. They get upset. They cry. They need to be changed. They need to sleep. That's just how it goes. All right. Here we go. All right. So we come out of the intro. We're in the living room. We have Jackson and Max on the couch with Tommy in between them. And DJ comes down the stairs wearing a... Dusty rose colored dress, which is kind of like, or maybe carnation white, like really light pink white. And of course, they're like, ooh, like someone's got a date tonight. And she's like, oh, you don't have to do that every time someone dresses nicely. And according to Jackson, he says, Grandpa Danny says it's a house rule. Is Grandpa Danny in the room with you? <laughs> yes. Max is like, and Grandpa Danny is the best grandpa. What about their other grandparents? Do they see them at all? Uh, Tommy Sr.'s parents? If you think about it, those really are the only grandparents they have left because, well, oh, ooh, wait, I am so sorry. Um, No, <laughs> Grandpa Danny is very much alive in season five. I am so sorry. No, um... Three out of their four grandparents are still alive in this. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh Max is saying, saying that is also a house rule because Grandpa Danny is the best grandpa. I thought he was somewhere in the room, like, listening, and they're, they're like, saying that. And she says, uh... <laughs> And she says, and so is giving your mama kisses before she heads out. And the boy's like, go, go, go. And they run out of the living room. And she says, don't forget, I know where you sleep. <laughs> you don't have to do that every time someone dresses nicely. Grandpa Danny says it's a house rule. <laughs> And he's the best grandpa. <laughs> Saying that is also a house rule. <laughs> and so is giving your mama kisses before she heads out. Run! <laughs> hey, remember, I know where you sleep. Matt, of course, gets an applause when he opens the door. He's like, hey, DJ, we get to hear this. Woo! Because Matt is so cute and adorable. And she's like, Matt, what are you doing here? It's not like she's being rude. And he says, hey, that's not as friendly as it's always open. <laughs> Couldn't have gotten that out fast enough, like, half-heartedly. She's like, oh, wow, excuse me, it's always open. Like, <laughs> And she's like, well, I'm heading out with Steve. What are you doing here? <laughs> He's like, okay. I, I need to talk to you about work. And I'm thinking, hey, you couldn't have placed a phone call. Come on, man. No one wants to talk about work when they're home from it. <laughs> and Matt is just bobbling with ideas. He says, I think we should start a concierge vet service. You guys already have a workload of clients. And not to mention, DJ's got a family to take care. She wants to see her kids after she gets out of work. To add house calls to that? And she's like, you mean doing house calls to people who are too lazy to bring their pets to our office? And Matt's only thinking this is a good idea. He's like, yes, exactly. I think it'll bring in a ton of do extra dough, which apparently he needs because Gia is bleeding him dry in the money bank. Yeah. 
get it. I don't understand it. Why? We still could have had Matt hanging around, but we don't need to have him with Gia. I mean, how did they even get together? And why? Yeah, DJ even brings up a, it sounds like a ton of extra hours that'll take me away from the things I really care about, like my kids and my boyfriend. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it'll take me away from my kids and my friends and right now my date, so I'll pass. And Matt's already booked a house call with the mayor. Oh boy. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, I wish I had known that. Yeah. <laughs> if Otherwise, I wouldn't have printed 50 of these bad boys as he pulls out. A That's right. Because in the basic training episode, Matt, uh, Matt, Max is wearing the Herman Fuller Pet Care, co Herman Fuller Concierge Pet Care. Well, hey, you can give them out to new clients. There you go. He's like, yeah, you're right. They're bad isn't not good. <laughs> Matt, what are you doing here? Hey, that's not as friendly as it's always open. You're right. Sorry. It's always open. I'm headed out with Steve, so what are you doing here? Wait, I need to talk to you about work. I think we should start a concierge vet service. No, keep you thinking. You mean doing house calls for people too lazy to bring their pets to our office? Yes, exactly. I think it'll bring in a ton of extra dough. It also sounds like a ton of extra hours that'll take me away from the things I really care about, like my kids and my friends and right now my date. So I'll pass. Wish I had known that before I printed 50 of these bad boys. I don't think that's going to make her reconsider, Matt. You're right. They're bad. <laughs> Oh my goodness, guys will be guys, right? We got Steve coming in in a nice suit. We got, <laughs> it's like, Matt, doesn't even say hi to DJ. He's like, hey, Matt. Like, DJ's not even there in the room. And Matt calls him Stevie. And like, oh my gosh, I'm getting season six ex-girlfriend Rachel Vi Taylor vibes from that Stevie. <laughs> and of course, his guys are doing the chest bump. Oh, okay, Steve, calm it, okay? <laughs> he's like, Deej, Miguel! And it's like, he's like, dude, you're not doing a chest bump with DJ, okay? You're just not. That is a guy thing. No, just... <laughs> I don't see how that would feel comfortable at all, a girl doing that, like, the chest bump. Like, no, 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 no. What's the girl, like, equivalent of a chest bump exactly? Fist bump? I don't know. What do you think, Quinny? Exactly. She puts a finger up and says, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, DJ says, look, Steve and I have a date, so can I finish shooting your down your bad idea tomorrow? Oh, Matt, you really should have checked with DJ. Come on. He's like, oh, actually, I kind of already booked our first concierge client. Why do they both need to be there? Just because it's Harmon Buller? pet concierge or whatever. I mean, come on. You can do a house call on your own. You don't both technically have to be there just because both your names are on the business. The mayor of San Francisco. What? And Steve is all like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. And Matt kind of looks at Steve like, what? And apparently Steve is a big 
huge, a huge fan of city politics. Cool. That's what you're into? Coolness? I'm not into politics of any kind. Never have. Never been. Never will. No. And Matt's like, look, DJ, a client like this could really put us on the map. I guess? Uh, oh, no. Uh, all DJ sees is more work. Yeah, I love how he's like, she needs help with her pet bird tonight. Like, emphasis on tonight. Like, we have to do it. We, we have to go. It's the mayor. You can't turn down the mayor of San Francisco. You just, you can't do it. Hornbill. Wait, what was Zazu? What was Zazu? Okay, I gotta look it up. I got What bird was Zazu? I thought he was a, uh, let's see. Zazu Lion King. Blah, blah. Red-billed hornbill. Okay, so Zazu is in fact a hornbill. But the toucan Sam is a toucan. Is the cartoon toucan. Yeah. Horatio Hornbill. Apparently Steve follows. He's like, oh my gosh, Horatio Hornbill is sick? No. Of course he does. Because <laughs> DJ's like, well, how do you know the bird's name? And Steve's like, I follow him on Twitter. He's got his own Twitter. Of course he does. Why not? Because he's a bird. <laughs> oh, Steve is such a goof. He's like, he said some offensive stuff about seagulls, but he swears he was hacked. Of course he did. And Matt's like, look, DJ, I really need your help here. And DJ says, yeah, but I'm dogs and cats. You're birds and bunnies. You're the exotic pet side. I mean, he comes from Florida. They, you know, work on alligators and other exotic animals. And she's like, look, you don't need my help. And he, he says, yeah, actually, I do. I'm afraid of hornbills. Really? You're afraid of a bird with a long beak? And DJ's like, you're afraid of hornbills? How would you even know that? Like, when have you come across one? And apparently it was vet school. And he says, yeah, he had to give one an exam, and he clamped his beak down on his, yeah, for emphasis. Uh-huh. Wow. Suit region, he emphasizes. Oh, boy. How? What? Okay, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> Steve goes, because, you know, he's guys like, that was really brave of you to share that. Thank you. <laughs> But then Matt, yeah, or Steve adds, but I really wish you hadn't. So, DJ's like, honey, do you mind waiting so I can go help Matt? Like, uh, you know, he's Steve. He'll wait forever. Don't worry. He's waited this long. He'll wait forever. He'll wait for you. And she's like, he's like, yeah, of course. And she's like, all right, well, I'll be back soon so we can go on our date night. Go fix that bird, he tells her. Oh, my God. Steve. He's <laughs> like, his last few tweets, he just, he didn't sound like himself. Steve, that bird is not tweeting. It's probably the mayor or the mayor's assistant running his Twitter page. Steve, my man. Teach, my girl. 
Yeah, no, no. No. Steve and I have a date, so can I finish shooting down your bad idea tomorrow? Actually, I kind of sort of already booked our first concierge client, the mayor of San Francisco. That is so cool. I'm like a huge fan of city politics. DJ, a client like this could really put us on the map, and she needs our help with her pet bird tonight. It's a hornbill. Horatio Hornbill is sick. The bird's name. I follow him on Twitter. He said some offensive stuff about seagulls, but he swears he was hacked. DJ, I really need your help here. Yeah, but I'm dogs and cats. You're birds and bunnies. You don't need my help. I'm afraid of hornbills. You're afraid of hornbills? How would you even know that? It was vet school. I had to give one an exam, and he clamped his beak down on my. My swimsuit region. That was really brave of you to share that. I kind of wish you hadn't. <laughs> Honey, do you mind waiting so I can go help Matt? Oh, of course. Okay, but I'll be back soon so we can go on our date night. Good. Now just go fix that bird. His last few tweets, he just he didn't sound like himself. So now we're in the kitchen. Ramona has this adorable looking frog puppet on her hand and she's trying to make baby Danielle laugh. And Kimmy's there and <laughs> she puts an arm around Ramona and says, oh, it seems like only yesterday I was trying to make you laugh with a frog puppet. puppet. And Ramona looks at Kimmy and says, Mom, it was yesterday. I was like, of course it was. Because it's Kimmy. And Ramona adds, and it was incredibly creepy to wake up to. I can imagine. Oh my gosh. You open your eyes and there's this frog puppet right in your face. Yikes. Just yesterday, I was trying to make you laugh using a frog puppet. <laughs> Mom, it was yesterday. <laughs> and it was incredibly creepy to wake up to. <laughs> I can imagine. Yikes. I don't get to spend time with you anymore. You're always rushing off with Ethan. Oh, wow. Now you made this really awkward, but um, I have a date tonight with Ethan. <laughs> I gotta get ready, so I'm gonna rush off so yeah and kimmy says you know i don't get to spend a whole lot of time with you anymore you you're always rushing off to go meet ethan ethan of course is ramona's boyfriend and <laughs> ramona's like well uh speaking of ethan i actually have a date with him tonight so i do kind of have to get ready so i'm gonna rush off <laughs> oh my gosh is that stephanie coming in the back door wearing a cowboy hat Dressed like cowgirl Jessie from Toy Story 2. Complete with painted on freckles on her face and her hair in braids. So, yeah, Kimmy's like, well, hey there, buckaroo. How was it at the rootin' tootin' bootin' scootin' birthday hoedown? Oh, my gosh. I bet it was horrible. Okay, so at this point, Stephanie's still working with Kimmy. 
with uh, Kimmy's Gibbler style party planning. And Kimmy asks, can I get a yeehaw? <laughs> and Stephanie says, I have zero yeehaws left to give. <laughs> I bet it was horrible. And of course, Stephanie goes over to Danielle, baby Danielle, who's in her car seat on the table. And she's, oh, I'm so happy. And Stephanie tells Kimmy, he's like, you know, I thought I would be so happy getting back to work, you know, and doing something besides changing diapers. But the whole time I was gone, I just, oh, I just missed this little one. Oh, I bet. And Stephanie turns to Kimmy and says, and Kimmy, I need to have a tough conversation with you. My guess is, yeah, I think she's going to dissolve her partnership with Kimmy Gibbler party, uh, Gibbler style party planning. And Stephanie does feel conflicted because she says, you know, you're my boss, but you're also my friend. I really don't know how to start this conversation. And Kimmy just pats her on the shoulder like, hey, Steph, no, no, you're, you're good. Look, I can keep the two things separate. It'll be fine. So Kimmy puts a fake pink bow on the side of her head and says, your friend Kimmy is ready to listen. And Stephanie's like, well, how does putting a fake paper bow on your head make you Kimmy, my friend? <laughs> you never thought you'd hear those words come out of Stephanie's mouth in Full House. So, yeah, Stephanie just tells her, look, I don't want to sing at kitty birthday parties anymore. Any job really has to be worth it for me to be away from Danielle, you know? It's like, yeah, I, I definitely would. Yeah, you don't want to, especially your baby's still, you know, young and new and a baby. You don't want to miss all those baby moments in the bonding sessions. And really, how much is she really getting paid to do these birthday parties? And Kimmy understands she's like, I get it. Motherhood changes all of your priorities. So Stephanie's definitely relieved. Like, oh, thank goodness. I really had to get that off my chest. So now that Kimmy's got two different uh, personas here, Kimmy the friend and, of course, Kimmy the boss, because we haven't heard from her yet, <laughs> Kimmy takes that pink bow and uses it as a mustache and... <laughs> Takes on a gruff male boss voice persona, and it's it's goofy, of course, because it's Kimmy. And Stephanie just says, "I would like to offer my resignation." <laughs> it's like, all right, we'll miss you around here, Tanner, but uh, good luck in all your future endeavors. <laughs> so Kimmy puts the bow back on her head and turns around and says, "Oh, how'd it go with your boss?" And I love. <laughs> Oh, Stephanie just pats Kimmy on the on the shoulder and says, "You're never lonely, even when you're alone, are you?" Hey, there you go. I mean, yeah, Kimmy is a woman of a bunch of person. Yeah, personalities <laughs> sometimes. Uh, she's just good at entertaining herself. Excited to get back to work and do something besides changing diapers, but 
What time was gone? I just missed this little one. Kimmy, I need to have a tough conversation with you. But you're my boss and my friend, and I'm not really sure how to do it. Oh, never fear, Steph. I can keep the two things separate. is ready to listen. <laughs> Spill it, sister. How does putting a fake paper bow on your head make you Kimmy, my friend? Th 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 just trust the process. <laughs> and go. Okay. Uh, well, I don't want to sing at kitty birthday parties anymore. <laughs> Ever since I've become a mom, any job really has to be worth it for me to be away from Danielle, you know? I totally get it. Motherhood changes all of your priorities. Oh, I'm so glad to get that off my chest. Thank you. Uh, so I guess it's time to talk to Kimmy, my boss. Oh, one moment, please. You wanted to see me, Tanner? Well, sir? Make it snappy. It's a madhouse in here. I would like to respectfully submit my resignation. Quitting, are we, Tanner? Is this because I ate your sandwich out of the break room fridge? It wasn't me, and it wasn't that good. Well, we'll miss you around here. Good luck in all of your future endeavors. So how'd it go with your boss? <laughs> All right, so now we're in the living room. We got Max and Jackson on the couch. Both are on opposite ends of the couch. Honestly, if you think about it, how much it's it seems like more like this more of a sofa. It just you can't fit more than three people. Well, the thing is, you won't be able to. And even with three, that couch just feels even with two people on opposite ends of the couch just. It looks already, maybe it's because that decorative home pillow is in between them. But Ramona, oh, she looks gorgeous with her black dress and her hair just kind of pinned up on one side. It's just really, really pretty. And she, before, you know, she goes to the door, she turns and says, oh, when I open the door, laugh like I said something funny. Yeah, but wouldn't Ethan be like, oh, am I interrupting something? <laughs> the boys aren't down with it anyway, because, nope, not happening. <laughs> like, we're too engrossed in our phones, so, yeah. So, Ramona, please. Because <laughs> she just starts laughing, like, what? Oh, my gosh. This is going to be awkward. <laughs> Everyone that answers the door or comes to the door gets a, woo! I mean, Matt. Steve, DJ when she first came out uh, into the living room, Stephanie, now Ethan, I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're really throwing out more woos than are really necessary. I mean, usually those woos are more reserved for, like in Full House, it would be like when a well-known actor shows up to guest star on the show, like Kirk Cameron or... Doris Roberts, or 
Little Richard or uh, Phyllis Dill. I don't know. <laughs> or a character we haven't seen in a lifetime and a half. But yeah, she's like, oh, when she opens the door, I'm so funny. And then she's like, oh, hi, Ethan. Yeah, we were all laughing earlier. <laughs> it wasn't just me. Yeah, right. The boys would beg to differ. <laughs> so, Ramona shouts, hey, Mom, I'm heading out with Ethan, and here comes Kimmy. Like, no, 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 no. You've been spending a lot of time with Ethan. My guess is she's going to force them to do this Gibbler family game night. Like, they don't get an out. They don't get a, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, she says, Kimmy says, I would like to get to know him better. And Ramona is like, yeah, they're going off on a date some more. And Ramona says, you know, I, I think you know him just fine. See ya. Gibbler game. Oh my gosh, the look at Ramona's face is like, Mom, don't do this. Please don't do this. Don't subject Ethan to Gibbler game night. Oh my goodness, here comes Fernando. He's like, yay, did someone invoke Gibbler game night? No, they didn't. And the way that Ramona's like, Mom, no, please. <laughs> Ethan just is like, what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> oh, we get a clap and a woo for Fernando. Come on, Fernando, his name is Ethan. It's not Mr. Postmates. Oh, this is gross. Fernando says, oh, I see you have returned like the patch of dry skin on my elbow. Fernando, that is so mean. He's just a young man who's interested in your daughter, romantically. Please stop. Even Ramona's grossed out. She's like, ugh, Dad, don't. And it's almost like a challenge as Fernando's like, are you joining us in some board game fun? And Ramona, again, she's horrified. She's like, what? No! I was like, okay, what do you say, Ethan? He's he's down for it. You know, he, he accepts this challenge. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, Kimmy's like, what do you say, Ethan? And Ramona says, he says what? No! <laughs> Ramona's like, hey, can I have a word, please? And she drags them both into the kitchen. Like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> okay, phones are down, because <laughs> the boys are like, hmm. <laughs> Max is like, okay, this just got interesting. I'm interested in putting my phone down. <laughs> I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> and Ethan, of course, has a question for them. Like, hey, what's the big deal about Gibbler game night? I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't think I want to know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it, make, it makes me think of that episode of... Um, Kimmy and DJ switching places for a couple days due to, you know, it's for a homework assignment where DJ's pretending to be Kimmy, Kimmy's pretending to be DJ and failing at it miserably. Um, <laughs> and DJ has to come back and get her roller skates because it's like roller derby night at the Gibbler house. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it just says, sounds like such a wild, and the thing is, yeah, in season five, we we're all expecting to finally meet the Gibbler parents. We'd heard about them for so many years on Full House, but we've never seen them. But over, I mean, if you go through all the bits of Full House and just hearing snippets about what Kimmy's parents are like, a lot of it has to do with, oh, my parents will pay for any trip I go on as long as it's without them and I stay over on a Saturday night. So... They're just constant, constant neglectful all the time. And it's just like, this poor girl. I can see why she wanted to be with the Tanners. Because they felt like a, a real family that was there for each other and loved each other and didn't ignore each other. 
So it's just, ugh. Yeah, and Ethan's like, you you guys just play board games, right? I'm thinking, first of all, the boy, those boys are fullers. They're not Giblers. I don't know if they've ever participated in a Gibbler game night. Because I'm sure they're going to be like, well, we, we're not Gibblers. We don't, we don't participate. You got to be a Gibbler. Oh, Max, I love you, man. He's like, oh, no, no, no. They play. We settle in for the spectacle of human drama. <laughs> I love this kid. He is hilarious. They give this kid, I swear they give him the best lines the majority of the time. It's just, there are so many pillows that say home or home sweet home, which, yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing, I was just kind of wondering, because after Fuller House ended, I mean, if you've seen Michael Campion's IMDb picture on, you know, IMDb, his hair is, like, to his shoulders. And I'm just kind of wondering if, more than likely, just due to the character of Jackson, like, oh, we don't know about him growing his hair out, the character of Jackson wouldn't do that, and maybe as soon as the show ended, Michael is probably like, I'm growing my hair out. I'm growing my hair out. I'm doing it. I had to wait five years, but I'm doing it. So, and it just makes me think of the hair changes on Home Improvement with, you know, uh, Brad, Randy, and Mark. That at one point, for at least a season or two, all three of those kids had long hair. They just they had some wacky hair. I mean... But it's always this, like, 90s parted down the middle. Like, 90s boy, teen heartthrob, parted down the middle kind of thing. But <laughs> Max is so excited. Like, oh, no, we're pretty much here for the uh, hu human spectacle of, or the spectacle of human drama. I'm like, <laughs> And Jackson adds, it's like Game of Thrones, only more cutthroat. Ooh. I still gotta get on Game of Thrones. I had been collecting the season sets for a handful of years um, when they would do Black Friday and stuff. You can get, like, the seasons for, like, ten bucks a pop. Uh, it took me many, many years, but I got all eight seasons. And it's just, I watched the first episode, and mind you, that was years ago. <laughs> Probably 2016. So, uh, yeah, and the rest of the them are, like, in shrink wrap and whatnot. Um, but, yeah. I'll get on it one day. But I have no intention of reading the books. And, well, actually, no, Ramona does not take Fernando and Kimmy to the kitchen. She's kind of over by the door to the kitchen. And she's like, Mom, what are you doing? I told you I had, plan I had plans with Ethan. Kimmy says, yeah, you can still have plans with Ethan. Just do it here with us. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, Ramona goes over to Ethan and says, Ethan, run while you still can. And, you know, Ethan's like, hey, look, I get it, okay? It's weird hanging out with your parents. I'm sure Ethan feels the same way about his parents. And he says, if this is where you're going to be... Then this is where I want to be. Oh, my heart. I love this boy. So, oh, he's a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. Teenage me would just, oh, be so in love with these. Teenage 13-year-old me, 15, 16-year-old me would just, oh, he's adorable. He's a tender-hearted, sweet, sweet guy. <laughs> right after to the audience, like, oh, Kevin and Fernando are all like, oh. Ha, ha, ha.
I say a hundred percent. I like. I love Ethan a lot better than I ever. I did not like Popco. I did not like what he was about. I didn't like him as a friend for Jackson. I certainly did not like him as a romantic interest for Ramona. He dragged her heart through the mud. He humiliated her with that video he made. It was horrible. And I like in that episode. I don't believe I've covered it. But Jackson stands up for Ramona like he's standing up for his sister. Like, hey, man, that was uncool. Why'd you do that? Stop being a jerk. That's Ethan. We're going on a date tonight. Oh, when I opened the door, it laughed like I said something funny. No. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horseful laughter. Oh Something funny, so we were all laughing earlier. It wasn't just me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mom, I'm heading out with Ethan. Oh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Um, um, you've been spending a lot of time with Ethan, and I would like to get to know him better. And I think you know him just fine. See ya. No, you can't go. It's Gibbler game night. What? Mom, no. no. <laughs> Yay! Did somebody invoke Gibbler game night? Hello, Mr. Postmates. <laughs> I see you have returned like the patch of dry skin on my elbow. Oh, Fernando, come on, man. That's Are you joining us for some board game fun? What? No! What do you say, Ethan? He says, what? No! <laughs> Can I have a word, please? This just got interesting. So... What's the big deal about Kibler Game Night? You guys just play board games, right? Uh, they play. We settle in for the spectacle of human drama. <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones, only more cutthroat. <laughs> what are you doing, Mom? I told you I had plans with Ethan. You can still have plans with Ethan. Just do it here with us. <laughs> Ethan, run while you still can. It's weird hanging with your parents. But if this is where you're going to be, then this is where I want to be. Alright, so we're going to head across town with DJ and Matt. They're going to meet the mayor and find out what's going on with Horatio Hornbill. So, of course, we meet her. I'm guessing this guy's a butler or whatever. He's like, oh, this is where the mayor runs all of San Francisco. And asks, you know, if they want anything to drink or a razor for Matt's unsightly stubble or whatever. And Matt says, yeah, I think it makes me look rugged. And the butler's like, hey, look, this is San Francisco, not Seattle. So, DJ says, you know, we're in a bit of a rush. Can you let the mayor know that we're here? And the chair behind the desk turns around and she's right there. Oh, yeah, the chair, like, spins around. That's got to be pretty awesome. Mayor Unetaboon. (laughs) So, the butler's name is Cunningham, and she asks, like, introduce me. And saying, okay, these are doctors Fuller and Harmon. 
Please meet the right honorable mayor of San Francisco, Unetta Boone. And the mayor says, oh yeah, he's like Siri, but more ticklish. Oh, good grief. <laughs> so Connie Ham's like, oh, please don't make me giggle in front of the guest man. This guy's got a, an accent, British accent here. He's adorable. So, yeah, Matt's, all right, Miss Mayor, we are here for your bird. And, of course, in a minute, Dr. Doolittle, first get over here. I know you want to take a selfie with the mayor. <laughs> she, like, takes Matt's phone. And she tells him, oh, when you post that, caption it, I mayor so hard. <laughs> okay, that is Horatio Hornbill. He's got a little bit of color just, you know, on the neck below the beak. And other than that, he's pretty much, you know, black fur or feathers and black beak. Does he? I don't think he talks. Maybe he does. I don't think so. So, the mayor explains that Horatio Hornbill was a gift from San Francisco's sister city, Manila, or <laughs> Manila in the Philippines. And the mayor says, in exchange, we sent them Metallica. So basically what the mayor wants is for them to clip his wings because if he flies away it could cause an international instance. The mayor says, or worse, they might send back Metallica. Well, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Metallica, but Jeremy absolutely loves the band. It's like his favorite band. And DJ clarifies, oh, I can clip his wings in five minutes. Totally worth a house call in the middle of my date. Matt, like, ugh. So Matt's like, don't worry, Miss Mayor, we won't let you down. And Cunningham explains that the mayor now has to go to a ribbon-cutting ceremony for a new opening of Panera Bread. And she tells them, oh, between you and me, these giant sisters here are the reason I ran, ran for mayor. <laughs> I love Panera Bread's broccoli and cheese. Their tomato soup also is amazing as well. I love their, their bread, their baguettes and stuff that you can just dip in the soup. Oh, it's so good. And this is where the mayor runs the city of San Francisco. Now, can I offer you anything? A refreshment? A razor for that unseemly stubble. <laughs> Think it makes me look rugged? This is San Francisco, not Seattle. <laughs> uh, we're in a bit of a rush. Will you let the mayor know that we're here? Oh. <laughs> Works every time. I love this chair. <laughs> oh, God, it distracts me. Oh, Cunningham, introduce me. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Harmon and Fuller, please meet the right honorable mayor of San Francisco, Unetta Bourne. Oh, he's like Siri, but more ticklish. <laughs> please don't make me giggle in front of the guests, ma'am. It's an honor to meet you, Mayor Boone. Let's get started. Madam Mayor, we are here for your bird. In a minute, Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> First, get over here. I know you want a selfie with the mayor. Everyone does. <laughs> now, when you post it, caption it. I'm mayor so hard. <laughs> this is Horatio Hornville. He was a gift from San Francisco's sister city, Manila, in the Philippines. In exchange, we sent them Metallica. The mayor would like you to clip his wings. If he flies away, it could cause an international incident. Or worse, they might send back Metallica. Well, I can clip his wings in five minutes. Totally worth a house call in the middle of my date. 
We will not let you down, Mayor. Now, if you will excuse the Mayor, she has a ribbon-cutting ceremony for a new opening of Panera Bread. <laughs> Between you and me, these giant scissors are the reason I ran for Mayor. <laughs> So, oh my goodness, Matt is that freaked out about this bird. He says, DJ, don't get too close to that beast until I ha have my tranquilizer gun ready. I is that really necessary? I mean, he doesn't even really have to do anything. I mean, she can clip his wings. Although, I mean, you probably it is probably a two-person job because that bird is like three feet tall. <laughs> and DJ said, really, you brought a trank gun for a Fruit Loops bird? <laughs> No, the Fruit Loops of Bird is a toucan. This is a hornbill. They are different. <laughs> and Matt says, last time I saw the Fruit Loops bird, he bit my Apple Jacks. <laughs> Cute. Oh my goodness, these references. Okay, let's get started. DJ, wait. Do not get too close to that beast until I have my tranquilizer gun ready. A train gun for a Fruit Loops bird? Last time I saw the Fruit Loops bird, he bit my Apple Jacks. <laughs> uh. Alright, let's get back to the house where we can begin Gibbler game night. And <laughs> Ramona's sitting on the arm of the couch, and Nathan's sitting next to her, and Kimmy and Fernando are both doing stretches. Kimmy's like kind of stretching, cracking her neck. Armo's Hermo. Fernando is <laughs> stretching his arms. Are they doing Pictionary? Because they have a whiteboard set up with um, Fernando's holding a, uh, a Sharpie or a dry erase marker. And Ramona says, I'm sorry, Ethan. This is going to get real weird real quick. the stairs Max has got a large bowl of popcorn on his lap and they're just like yeah I'm here for it I'm ready <laughs> and of course Steve comes down and says hey do you know he's don't worry your mom is and Matt's like or <laughs> yeah she's in that um <laughs> Max is like Shh, the delicious drama of human humiliation is about to begin and <laughs> Steve's like What's going on? And Matt, uh, I keep saying Matt. Jackson says, it's Gibbler game night. And Steve's like, you didn't see me. <laughs> so, okay. Ramona's going to read the first card, and she warns Kimmy to plug her ears. Okay, Papa, your clue is Top Gun. Of course, yeah, Fernando's got to quote Top Gun. I still got to watch it before the, the movie comes out, since it is May 1st today. I gotta watch the first one before the uh, Top Gun Maverick film comes out at the end of this month. <laughs> but everyone knows that quote. I got the, what is it? I got the need, the need for speed. And the song Danger Zone. And of course, my favorite, Take My Breath Away by, I think, what is it? Is, is the singer, like, is it Breathe? I'm trying to think. It might be. But, anyway, yeah, that's the song I remember. Definitely Danger Zone was a big one. Okay, so the clue, of course, is Top Gun. And Fernando looks like he is drawing 
Looks like it could be a squiggly cowboy hat. Then the other one looks like it's a diving board with a um the stairs behind it. And Kimmy's all like, uh, uh, squiggly, squiggly line. It just it looks like a diving board and a cowboy hat. And yeah, she couldn't be more wrong. Something coming out of a straight line. Oh, Kimmy, try harder, sweetie. End time. And Fernando yells, it was Top Gun! Oh! 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 Okay, oh, is that what that is? Oh, is that like a gun with like a a hat like to represent the top? What? Wait a minute! That doesn't make sense! She said the first, the, the first clue is Top Gun. So he got it completely, oh my goodness gracious sake. Fernando is already losing his temper. He's, oh, you've insulted me, the Maverick, and the goo and Goose. And he, because the thing is on, like, an easel, this little whiteboard for Pictionary. And he tosses, like, just kind of shoves it back. Like, Fernando, it's too early in the game to lose your temper already. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, poor Ethan is like, ah! <laughs> and Fernando says, now I have to go play some shirtless volleyball to cool off. And he stomps off and says, and watch Top Gun for the first time. Well, join the club, Fernando. I haven't seen it all the way through either. I've seen bits and pieces. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen the beginning of it. Ethan is just, he can't believe what he just witnessed. He says, oh, wow, so I guess game night is over. Should we just go? And I'm thinking, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this game night is is just getting started. You haven't seen anything yet. He goes to get up, and Ramona pushes him back down and says, oh, newbie, I wish it were that easy. Because Kimmy's got her head in her hands like, ugh. <laughs> and Ramona counts down, three. Two, one. Fernando pokes his head out from the kitchen door and says, Kimberlina. And he goes over to her on his knees. Please forgive me. He's crawling on his hands and knees and saying, please forgive me. And he says, I'm not worthy of your affections. I promise I will never lose my temper again. Never say never, Fernando. And she says, I sentence you to five minutes of Eskimo kisses. Oh, good grief. Oh, boy. <laughs> Take it upstairs. She leans in and starts rubbing her nose with his. I'm like, can we just get back to give the game night? Is this part of it? Oh, it is? Okay. Ramona, <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I looking at? What What's happening here? <laughs> and even Ramona's got a, like, grossed out look on everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ethan. This is going to get real weird real quick. <laughs> hey, do you guys know where your mom's is? The delicious drama of human humiliation is about to begin. What's going on? Gibbler game night. You didn't see me. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, plug your ears. Okay, Papa? Your clue is Top Gun. I feel the need, the need for speed. I am merging onto the highway to the danger zone. And go. Squiggly line? Something coming out of a straight line. 
I promise I will never lose my temper again. I sentence you to five minutes of Eskimo kisses. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know, and the thing is, I was just thinking, we really don't get a whole lot of Stephanie with baby Danielle, and now we have gone down to... This place has changed so much. It looks gorgeous, by the way, now. Oh, my gosh. Out of all the renovations this basement has had, from a garage to Joey's apartment, to the studio, to Stephanie's room, to a room where her and, you know, Jimmy and the baby. It's, again, a basement apartment, but it looks amazing. This is, honestly, it's the best. I love it. I love Jimmy's pictures. Oh, because he's a photographer. They're gorgeous. It really, and I love the um, kind of light olive green walls. It just, and the thing is, there's only one set of stairs where before there used to be a long set of stairs with another one adjacent to it on the other side. But it just, oh my gosh, it just looks beautiful. And, yeah, D, uh, Stephanie is just, you know, holding baby Danielle. She's like, oh, baby Dan Danielle, you would not believe it, but your mom was an international party DJ. She's talking about her, oh, she's talking about her, her wild days back when she had, well, she wasn't doing kitty parties, let's just say that. And, of course, uh, Stephanie tells her, you know, the closest I get to spinning now is when I operate the dryer. Oh, see, this, I swear, this is the most in one episode, I think, that we've seen this. Well, is it really? Or is it the cold turkey Thanksgiving episode? But, yeah, baby Danielle is in her arms, and it's just so sweet. Oh, she's so adorable. And she tells baby Danielle, but I'm going to figure out my next career move. And she says, oh, I hope, maybe, you know, baby Daniel, if you have any ideas, now's the time to share them. So Steve comes down and is like, hey, Steph, at first I thought it was Jimmy before we saw Steve. I don't know why, but, um, yeah, she's like, oh, what's with the tool belt, Bob the Builder? <laughs> and, yeah, Steve's pretty much just killing time, waiting for DJ to finish up with the mayor's hornbill. Another show I might have to check out at some point because it's the jokes have been made about that show before on Fuller House. She says, "Oh, is that a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale?" <laughs> and or, uh, Steve explains, "Like, oh no, she and Matt are working. I'm just trying to keep busy." I never really thought of Matt. Uh, oh my goodness, I don't know why Matt's on the brain. Anyway. 
Yeah, I never really, I mean, because really all we really knew about Steve was that he was a wrestler and he liked to eat a lot. Never, well, I mean, he did make that one recycling can crusher thing, which didn't really work, but even still. Um, no, he's just, yeah, we find out that he, he, well, I mean, unless he's just wearing that tool belt for show. I'm sorry I shouldn't say, hey, Tim the Tool Man Taylor, or whatever, something like that. But, uh, no, he's just trying to keep busy. I'm sure that tool belt is not just for show. He says, I'm just keeping busy, just tightened up all the knobs in the kitchen. Gonna change all the batteries in the smoke detectors. Well, there you go. Now, no one else has to worry about it because it'll already be done. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, "Oh wow, another episode of Podiatrist Gone Wild." But yeah, and that's the thing from the Steve that we know in Full House. I never would have even considered Steve as a podiatrist. I just, I didn't see it. But it's kind of a cool surprise. Like, hey, Steve's got a hidden talent. And actually, there's a reason why he's doing all these side pro little mini projects. He says, the truth is, I'll do anything to avoid getting sucked into Gibbler game night. Has he been pulled into the fray before? Oh, my gosh. And Stephanie's like, oh, gotcha, definitely. <laughs> I have a newborn, and there's less screaming and crying down here. <laughs> oh, God. So Steve's like, yeah, what's going on? And where's the uh, carbon monoxide detector? Let me get, do they, they should have one, right? I imagine they would. Is it in the attic? He's like, he says, I got a pocket full of batteries and an hour to kill. And yeah, Stephanie is really struggling here with this. Where do I go from here? Because she says, I'm kind of at a career crossroads now that I'm a mom. You know, she used to be a, a DJ. And then she started working with Kimmy with the Gibbler party planning thing. But it just feels like, what do I do that doesn't take me away from my daughter? And Stephanie says, you know, it's funny. The only job I never thought I'd have is the one that makes me the happiest. And she says, you know, but I, I have to find something. Yeah, but don't just find something for the sake of finding something. Find something that's going to make you happy. And Steve brings up, he's like, you know, you had a great career as a DJ. You've led a super awesome, fun life. Yeah, that was pre-mom Stephanie, though. Can't just go back to those days. Well, yeah, she can't. Well, and Steve said, you know, he's giving great advice here, Steve is. He says, that doesn't have to end because you're a mom. Yeah, he's like, I mean, the private jets and the playing all night raves and... Ibiza with Prince Harry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that, is that why she had, wait, she had like seven credit cards in season one. She was dealing with a lot of credit card debt and everything like that. So it's like, you can't just charge your way through life. I mean, come on, that's, that's unhealthy and not a good thing. And she, oh, it's Abitha. She's like, I was never in Abitha with Prince Harry. You know what? I was with Prince Harry. And he tells her, you can still be a great mom to Danielle and be artistically fulfilled. And, yeah, this is the first time he's ever really given advice to Stephanie. Really, honestly, in the times that 
we've really seen Stephanie and Steve. Definitely, they were. I mean, usually if she's, if Steve's there and Stephanie's there, usually DJ is going to be there too, or Kimmy. But you know, this is. I like this one-on-one scene with. Steve, now that he's more of a permanent fixture, and she says, you know, wow, maybe we do need to check the carbon monoxide monitor. She says, because you're making sense. Sometimes, I mean, you got to hear it from someone else's mouth for you to really believe it, you know, when someone's giving you advice. And he says, look, you just got to figure out what you love and give it that Stephanie Tanner hustle till you're doing it. So, yeah, she says, thanks, Steve. And he's like, oh, by the way, I fixed your bidet. And then she, she turns, we, we don't have a bidet. That's what I was saying. It's like, I don't, they have a toilet. What, what bidet are you speaking of? Does somebody in the house have a bidet? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Steve says, oh, no. Well, then I seriously messed up your toilet. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, Danny, you're never going to believe this, but your mom was an international party DJ. Yeah. Closest I get to spinning now is when I operate the dryer. <laughs> but I'm going to figure out my next career move. I hope. Maybe. If you have any ideas, now's the time to share them. Hey, Seth. Hey. What's with the tool belt, Bob the Builder? I'm just waiting for DJ to finish up with the mayor's hornbill. Is that a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> No, no, she and Matt are working, and uh, I'm just keeping busy. I just uh, tightened up all the knobs in the kitchen, and I'm going around changing all the batteries and the smoke detectors. Wow. Another episode of Podiatrist Gone Wild. (laughs) The truth is, I'll do anything to avoid getting sucked into Gibbler game night. Gotcha. I have a newborn, and there's less screaming and crying down here. (laughs) So what's going on? And where's the carbon monoxide detector? Because I got a pocket full of batteries and an hour to kill. I'm just thinking how I'm kind of at a career crossroads now that I'm a mom. <laughs> Funny. The only job I never thought I'd have is the one that makes me the happiest. Hmm. But I gotta find something. You had a great career as a DJ. You led a super awesome fun life. That doesn't have to end just because you're a mom. I mean, maybe the... Uh, Private jets and playing all night raves in Ibiza with Prince Harry. It's never in Ibiza with Prince Harry. Oh, no, you know what? I was with Prince Harry. You could still be a great mom to Danielle and uh, be artistically fulfilled. Well, maybe we do need to check the carbon monoxide because you're making sense. Look, you just got to figure out what you love and give it that Stephanie Tanner hustle till you're doing it. Thanks, Steve. By the way. I fixed your bidet. We don't have a bidet. Then I seriously messed up your toilet. <laughs> so Stephanie's looking into the bassinet at baby Danny, and she says, figure out what I want to do. Figure out what I love and do that, basically. She says, the only thing I really want to do is watch you smile. Aww starts singing to baby Danielle and it's sweet because she also sings this in a, a, a different version in the Thanksgiving episode. Figure out what I love, do that. The only thing I really want to do is watch you smile. 
So, yeah, we go back to the mayor's office. DJ's taking care of it. Matt's been hiding behind a giant palm fran tree, whatever, over there in the corner. Not doing anything, but... I mean, really, this was Matt's idea to do this, but he's just got a fear of hornbills. And... DJ, like, how can you be afraid of this cute little bird? DJ, this is not a parakeet, okay? This is a bird that is at least two to three foot tall. And Matt already had a tra traumatic experience having been bitten by one. So, yeah, his fears are justified. So, DJ, come on. Stop laughing at his fear. So, he's like... Horatio, get him! And Matt, immediately his hands go down to his lower region. And he tells her, you know, you are not being a supportive business partner right now. And she's like, what, me? I mean, I paused my date to support my business partner's ridiculous idea. So, yeah, they start arguing, and here comes Cunningham, <laughs> Cunningham telling them, like, hey, keep her professional. You're in the people's house. And they look like, oh, sorry, Cunningham. And Matt says after Cunningham closes the door, you got us in trouble. And DJ's like, well, me, I mean, I was taking care of the hornbill, which, where is he? Oh, my God. The wish, the window is open to the balcony. Oh, my goodness gracious, that bill, that hornbill, that bird is out. Not sure if you can tell from over there. Just maintaining a secure perimeter. Mm -hmm. Get out of there. How can you be afraid of this cute little bird? It's not a little bird, Horatio? it's a big bird. Get <laughs> you know, you are not being a very supportive business partner right now. Well, hey, I paused my date to support my business partner's ridiculous idea. Ridiculous? Stop! Need I remind you, you are in the people's house. Please, maintain a markle of decorum. Sorry, Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah. trouble. Me? I was taking care of the hornbill. Where's the hornbill? <gasps> oh, no. I just clipped his wings. If he tries to fly, he's going to fall. We've got to coax him in. Horatio Cornbill, come on inside. Well, we've got a date tonight, and I don't have time to bury a bird. Step away from the bird, Deej. Playtime is over. Put away the tranquilizer gun. Not gonna hurt him. Just gonna send him to Sleepy Town. No. Oh! Mitch is tranquilizing his own foot. Oh my god. Oh, he's gonna face plant. I'm fine, Mom. Yeah. Hey, are you making spaghetti tonight? Okay. I, uh, I think you've got to sit down. Oh, I do. Oh. Okay. Not, uh, new face plants. I love this couch. 
sometimes the birds come for you. Shut the door! So he doesn't get back out. So, yeah, the, since DJ clipped the bird's wings, because they had the door open to the balcony, and the bird is right on the railing, and she says if that bird tries to fly, it's going to fall, and I don't have time to be able to bury a dead bird. Luckily, because Matt was going to tranquilize the bird. Like, that's going to help it. Uh, <laughs> he ends up shooting his own foot. With the trank one gun, and immediately it sends him to Sleepy Town, <laughs> and that's kind. Of, and the bird comes in on its own, so it's just kind of like, then shut the door leading to the balcony. So now we're going back to the house, where Kimmy, Fernando, Ethan, and Ramona are playing. You know, it's the Gibbler game now. Oh, are they playing the game Trouble? Okay, Kimmy and Fernando, let's uh, keep it clean with the euphemism, shall we? Because <laughs> uh, he says if you hit a four, you're in big trouble in the game of trouble. And she says, good thing we're not playing Clue because you're about to get a candlestick in your library. Oh, my goodness. And Ethan is seeing this, and he's, like, asking Ramona, wow, there's so much tension between them. They're still married? And Ramona explains to him, like, actually, they're divorced. But then they got reengaged with a falcon. And then they had a wedding where they agreed not to be married. <laughs> Ethan looks so confused. <laughs> Conducted by men on rollerblades. Oh, Joey on the rollerblades. Yes. Basically, she's summing up the season one of Kimmy and Fernando. <laughs> Ramona looks at Ethan. Okay, so tell me about your family. So, yeah, he got a four. Fernando did. And Kimmy, of course, is her... Turn to throw a temper tantrum. Ah! She stands up. Ah, I knew we'd be. I'd be sorry if we didn't play sour or something. Oh my goodness! I gotta say, I think for the worst outfit, I think I'm hands down gonna give it to Kimmy. I just normally her outfits are kind of cool, but this one is just in poor taste. Well, she really. Wow, like that's never happened in a game where someone gets angry and flips the game board over. Even Ramona's like, oh, what? Max and Jackson cannot get up those stairs fast enough. Like, ah, get out of her way. She's coming up the stairs. And Fernando says, I'm off to play shirtless volleyball again. Oh, gosh. He throws up his game cards. He's just like, really hate shirts. And he... Stalks off out of the living room into the kitchen. Kimmy's on the steps and she says, Fernando, I can't stay mad at you. Oh my goodness. Kimberlina! And he runs to her on the stairs. He embraces her and says, If loving you is wrong, then kiss me. Oh my goodness. Hey, seriously, take that upstairs to your bedroom or your whatever you want to call it. That is, yeah. <laughs> Jackson and Max are on the landing. He's <laughs> watching. Ramona probably thinks that now that Ethan has seen this whole thing that he'll want nothing to do with her. And Ethan asks, do they ever finish a game? <laughs> Ramona just looks so, like, weirded out. Like, uh, I've never seen it. <laughs> Your turn, Mr. Fernando. Kimberlina, if I pop a four on the pop you are in big trouble in the game of trouble. <laughs> It's a good thing we're not playing Clue, because you're about to get a candlestick in your library. There's so much tension between them. They're still married? 
Actually, they're divorced, but then they got re-engaged with a falcon. <laughs> and then they had a wedding where they agreed not to be married, conducted by men on rollerblades. <laughs> so tell me about your family. Ah! It's a four! Oh, this is an outrage! I knew I'd be sorry we didn't play sorry! Ah! My gosh, Timmy! And I'm off to play shirtless volleyball again! I really hate shirts! Fernando! I can't stay mad at you. Kimberlina! If loving you is wrong, then kiss me. <laughs> Do they ever finish a game? I've never seen it. <laughs> so now we head down to the basement. Stephanie's got her guitar, and she says, Danny, Mama wrote this song for you because she loved you more than she thought she could ever love anything. Oh, let's hear the song. It's so beautiful. Danny, Mama wrote this song for you because she loves you more than she thought she could ever love anything. When I was just six years old, I threw a penny in a wishing well. Time seemed kind of silly, but you know, you never can tell. That wish has faded, that I made as just a child. But it all came flooding back the first moment that you smiled. And now I'm looking at you, looking back at me. So much time just wishing for this dream to come true And the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is you And Steve's kind of hanging up at the top of the stairs there to uh, Stephanie and Jimmy's basement apartment and it's just I like how he just watching he's got such a smile on his face like oh and he's like Steph that's beautiful what song was that he starts walking down into the basement apartment and he's like Steph that's a great song I've never heard that before who sings that and she says uh I do I just wrote it you really like it and Steve says, Steph, I love it. And I know music, okay? I've met about half the three tenors. I don't know who those are, guys. I don't. And she picks Danny up out of her car seat and sets her kind of on her, against her shoulder and says, well, I just took your advice and did what I love. And she says, you know, I always loved writing music that means something to me, which it's just interesting that, you know, in season eight of Full House, they do kind of steer the cap character of Stephanie in that episode, or at least for the We Got the Beat episode. Um, but I like that they, over the course of five seasons of Fuller House, they did develop her character 
as you know, someone at first she was a DJ and then she moved on to, you know, writing songs and everything like that. And it's just, it's, it's sweet, you know, and honestly, it seems like, cause even that, what was it? The boy next door, I think was, was this from season two or three? What, um, but of Fuller House, but I'm just thinking her song, I think even ended up in a movie. Whereas I'm just thinking, you know, Jesse's not a bad singer and stuff, but his songwriting, when he would go about writing original songs, it's just, I don't know. It's just, they were just okay. And I think it was more the pressure of this one record label will, will sign me if I write an original song. And it's just, I think he was under so much pressure that he just, maybe he didn't part put as much of himself into it. Like, Stephanie wrote this on the fly, but she wrote it because she was feeling a strong emotion to, in connection with her daughter and everything like that. So she wrote from the heart and just, it just seemed like Jesse was more like, I got to write this song. He's, you know, just being under pressure to, to write a song, any song. And just, I don't know. I don't understand why. I mean, the majority of the time on Full House, when he was singing with his band, it was all covers. It was all covers of songs that had already been done. But, I mean, isn't that usually songwriting does come from inspiration and your life? And she's just kind of pulling from that. And she tells Steve, you know, that's always been a dream of mine, you know, writing songs that about things that mean a lot to me. Stephanie says, you know, she thought, you know, it was a dream that she would have to give up when she became a mom. And Steve points out, it's like, you know, maybe becoming a mom is exactly what you needed to make this dream come true. And Steve even says, hey, Steph, you should record this song. And, <laughs> you know, Stephanie definitely appreciates this advice from Steve. She's like, you know, it's nice having a sensitive guy in a tool belt date, my sister. And <laughs> Steve's offers, like, you know, I could get one for Jimmy, but some of this stuff's a little sharp. Like, yeah, Jimmy and Sharp Objects, uh, not a good mix. Steve gets a text from DJ who says she needs help at the mayor's mansion. And Steve says, as he puts his phone away, he says, this is the closest I'll ever get to being Batman. <laughs> and he runs off. That's a great song. I've never heard that before. Who sings that? Uh, I do. I just wrote it. You really like it? Steph, I love it. And I know music, okay? I've met about half the three tenors. <laughs> well, I, I just took your advice and did what I love. You know, I always loved writing music that means something to me. Always been a dream of mine. Thought it was a dream I had to give up once I became a mom. Maybe becoming a mom is exactly what you needed to make this dream come true. Steph, you should record it. Wow. Thanks. You know, it's it's been nice having a sensitive guy in a tool belt date my sister. <laughs> you know, I could get one for Jimmy, but some of the stuff's a little sharp. <laughs> DJ needs help at the mayor's mansion. <gasps> this is the closest I'll ever get to being Batman. So Jackson and Max are back on the steps. And Jackson points out, they've been playing the game of life for a while now, and no fireworks. And Max tells Jackson, be patient, alright? Last time they played this, 
Yeah, last time I played this, it was followed by six weeks of family therapy. So, yeah, turns out, <laughs> which, yes, that is the error. Because the car that you get only has four holes, two for the parents, two for if you have kids. And it lands on triplets, which isn't a thing. It's t either twins or a boy and a girl. And she's like, ugh, triplets? I've, I'm already 50 grand in debt and I didn't even finish college. Fernando gloats. He says, well, I did. Perhaps your triplets can clean the pool at my beach house. <laughs> of course, Kimmy's got to get in her dig, so she says, or they can mow the lawn at my country club. And Fernando says, oh, Kimberlina, you are so good at life. And she says, oh, not as good as you, Dr. Fernando Esquire. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they are really poking at Ramona there. Because Kimmy's like, oh, is it hot in here? Let's fan ourselves with all the money Ramona doesn't have. Ouch. Okay, Ramona's angry because she's the one that flips the uh, game board off the coffee table. Gosh, well, hey, this wouldn't be the first. Well, that one in season eight under the influence, that was because Nikki and Alex were like stretch over the coffee table, like leaning far over the coffee table and hitting that Hungry Hungry Hippos game until it falls off the side of it. They didn't fling the thing in a just a rush of anger, just rah, no. Like, enough's enough. And Ethan's like, whoa! Like, he's never seen this side of Ramona before. And she says, this game is anachronistic, patriarchal, and I wanted the green car. So Gibblers have had a chance. Well, Fernando's not a Gibbler, but even still. They've had a chance to uh, <laughs> get angry and flip over either the game board or the Pictionary whiteboard on the easel. Just, uh, and she runs off. Fernando says, that girl has no chill. And Ethan's about to be like, what? He goes after Ramona. <laughs> Playing the game alive for a while now and still no fireworks. Oh, be patient. Last time they played this, it was followed by six weeks of family therapy. <laughs> Come on, six. Come on, six. Uh, five. Aw, oh, triplets? I'm already 50 grand in debt and I didn't even finish college. <laughs> I did. Perhaps your triplets can clean the pool at my beach house. <laughs> or they could mow the lawn at my country club. <laughs> okay, Merlina, you are so good at life. Not as good as you, Dr. Fernando Esquire. Is it hot in here? Let's fan ourselves with all the money Ramona doesn't have. <laughs> okay, enough! Whoa! This game is anachronistic, patriarchal, and I wanted the green car. That girl has no chill. So definitely Ramona is upset. She's on the front steps outside the front door. And Ethan comes out. He's like, are you, are you all right? And she says, this is the worst night ever. You know, she just wanted to go on a date with Ethan and just have a good time. You know, the last thing she wanted is for Ethan to see her lose her cool. And he says, you know, it's okay. I mean, I already knew your parents were colorful. 
then she says, you mean crazy? He's like, eh, I was being polite. <laughs> and she says, I just didn't want you to see. And then he says, oh, that you're as big a, of a kook as them? And Ramona says, yes, I gibblered all over the place. Well, you are 50% gibbler and 50% Fernando. <laughs> And he says, you know, for what it's worth, I'm glad I stayed. Only a family that loves each other can fight and make up so fast. And she tells him, that's really sweet, thanks. And she's like, well, I guess we should probably go back inside, huh? And Ethan says, you know, actually I was watching how game night works. And he says, and clearly the tradition, and the tradition is clearly to make up. And then kiss. Oh, they're going to kiss. Oh, audience loves it. Ah! It's like begging, please don't make me go back in there. So they go off and do their own thing. Yeah, he, he put up as much as he could. Like, please don't make me go in there and witness anymore. I'm too scared. Are you all right? This is the worst night ever. It's okay. All right, you knew your parents were colorful? You mean crazy? I was being polite. <laughs> I just didn't want you to see. That you're as big of a kook as them? <laughs> yes. I gibblered all over the place. <laughs> For what it's worth, I'm really glad I stayed. Only a family that loves each other can fight and make up so fast. It's really sweet. Thanks. I guess we should go back inside then. Well, actually, I was watching how game night works. And the tradition is clearly to make up and then kiss. <laughs> Please don't make me go back in there. <laughs> Alright, so we go back to the mayor's office and... Or mayor's house. And DJ has captured Horatio Hornbill, put him back in his cage, put his um, this little uh, blanket thing over the top of the cage, and Matt is laying on the couch and he's singing the lyrics to Full House. And DJ asks, what are you singing? And he says, I don't know, but it makes me feel happy inside. And she helps Matt stand up. <laughs> he's still staggering around <laughs> he's a little unsteady on his feet and she says look steve's gonna be here any minute and we are gonna get you home to sleep this off and dj tells matt you know and when you wake up tomorrow all of this is gonna seem like a bad dream except for those hats you can't return and matt apologizes he says you know i know i'm, I'm sorry it was a crazy idea it's just i'm really hurting for money right now <laughs> Matt does not know what is coming out of his mouth. Goes, Whoa, did I say that? Well, moment of honesty. <laughs> These tranks have really loosened me up. That must have been a lot in that tranquilizer dart. He goes out. She still hasn't closed the door. He goes out to the balcony or just inside the door there and yells, San Francisco, I'm broke. Oh my god. See, this is what happens when you marry someone like Gia. Well, so back inside of Ness, hey, how can you be strapped for cash? 
And she tells him, like, business is really good. And Matt says, for you, you're not married to Gia. Oh, my gosh. See? Gia is not a good person. She's not good for anybody. Not good for Matt. She's taken all his money. Not good for Stephanie because she <laughs> seems to force her to make bad choices. And it's just not good for Rocky either. She's not a good influence. She's not a good. She's not a good mother either. And Matt says, you know, I, I mean, I love her so much, but can I tell you a secret? He says she is high maintenance. Of course, cause she's Gia. Of course, she's gonna be high maintenance. Oh, PJ, can you really say that with a straight face? Please tell me. You're lying through your teeth. She says, honestly, you guys are a great couple. DJ, please. Please. Sweetie. Who are you trying to sell that truth, that lie to? <laughs> she points at Matt and says, do not tell her I said nice things about her. And he says, you know, I think you and Steve are a great couple, too. That, that's because they are. They're not toxic for each other. They're not high maintenance for each other. He really needs to drop Gia. But then again, it turns out he can be a really good stepdad for Rocky and a good influence. And, yeah, he, yeah, Steve is really throwing some truth bombs here. As he says, in fact... The whole time that we were dating, I knew. I knew you were still in love with him. <laughs> DJ started like, <laughs> awkwardly, what? what? <laughs> like, yeah, that look on her face, like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. We all knew, we all knew, DJ, come on. You're not fooling any of us. You never forget your first love. Oh my god, Matt is really throwing out these truth bombs. He's like, the fact, I thought if I proposed real fast that I could get you off the market before you realize your true feelings. Wow, that is kind of conniving. Wow, um, <laughs> I don't Why are they on? I don't like that. <laughs> and DJ's like, wow, those tranquilizers came with an extra dose of honesty. And Matt says, but in the end, it all worked out. We both got lucky. <laughs> Dude, you're not. Not with Gia. He would have been better off with that girl from season two. What was her name? Crystal? And DJ says, yeah, we did, didn't we? And Matt asks, so when are you and Steve getting married? Like, what's the holdup? What what's taking you so long? And she says, well, I mean, I've been thinking about it more often than not. And well, now I'm talking about thinking about it. And, <laughs> and she says, I think I like the sound of it. And she says, I want to marry Steve. Well, I'm sure you've been wanting to marry Steve, I mean, since you guys were together and stuff, and then they broke, I just, I mean, I understand that Scott Winder wanted to go to college, that's, you know, his right and everything, so I think probably when his contract was up, he just decided not to renew, so of course they would have to have, it's not like they can send Steve off somewhere and just, no, they would have to and the relationship because you can't just you know explain away the oh steve's in an you know on an internship at another you know or whatever something or he's going out of state for something like no we already knew in season six when 
Steve thought he was going to go to Daytona, Daytona Beach University in Florida, that that just was not going to work. So he decided to stay in San Francisco and go to a junior college to get his grades up and everything like that. So, But I'm just thinking if Scott hadn't, and I'm not trying to say, like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. Because, you know, it's everyone's right if they want to do something and they don't want to continue, then they should have a choice when their contract comes up if, you know, they want to do something. Like, you know, honestly, like JTT, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas on Home Improvement, didn't he want to go to college or he wanted to do something and they kind of pulled him off the show just like I'm not planning on renewing. So they actually had, I think they had Randy go to Costa Rica or some type of, uh, not the Peace Corps, but some type of thing that he was doing. So, I honestly never saw the last handful of seasons of Home Improvement. I think I did watch the series finale of Home Improvement, but I wasn't a steady count. Unless it's, like, one of those things you're watching Full House. You know, ABC, both Full House and Home Improvement are on the same network, so of course... When you see a preview for, like, oh, the episode where Randy thought, you know, he had cancer and everything. It turned out, no, he, spoiler alert, he did not. But let me tell you, he was so convincing that after that girls in the teen magazines wrote in asking if there was something wrong with Jonathan Taylor Thomas if he was really sick. But it's like, no, he was so convincing in his acting portrayal as Randy and Randy you know was pretty much the jokester out of all the three kids and stuff so but anyway I'm getting off topic I'm not doing a home improvement podcast I might maybe eventually at some point in time do an episode of home I would love to cover that episode I think it's called the longest day I would love to cover that episode about Randy uh, all those kids, he honestly was the character that matured the most that really did change over the course of time. Stephen Hale has arrived as Cunningham lets him in. What is Steve going to do to help Matt exactly? Because teacher's like, oh, thank goodness, Steve. You're, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> what is he going to, how is he going to, oh, is he going to, like, maybe lift Matt over his shoulder and carry him like DJ did with Kimmy during the Under the Influence episode? So, of course, Matt jumps into this broness of Stevie, chest bump, and he goes to jump, and he ends up out the door. Oh, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Good boy, Horatio. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, there's a heart, there's a heart. What are you singing? I don't know. I don't know. That makes me feel happy inside. Okay, Steve is going to be here any minute, and we are going to get you home to sleep this off. And when you wake up tomorrow, all of this is going to seem like a bad dream, except for those hats you can't return. I'm sorry. I know it was a crazy idea. It's just that I am really hurting for money right now, and... Whoa, did I say you that? and Gia need to have These separate bank accounts. <laughs> San Francisco, I'm broke! Hey, how can you be strapped for cash? Business is really good. For you, you're not married to Gia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love her so much, but can I tell you a secret? She is high maintenance! Of course she is. She's Gia. Honestly, you guys are a great couple. 
DJ, Do please. not tell her I said nice things about her. I think you and Steve are a great couple, too. In fact, the whole time that we were dating, I knew. I knew you were still in love with him. <laughs> what? Yeah, she was. real fast that I could get you off the market before you realized your true feelings. Wow. Those tranquilizers came with an extra dose of honesty. <laughs> but in the end, it all worked out. We both got lucky. We did, didn't we? So when are you and Steve getting married? Well, I've been thinking about it more than I ever have. And... Well, now I'm talking about thinking about it. And I think I like the sound of it. I want to marry Steve. Dr. Stephen Hale has arrived. Oh, Steve, thank goodness. I'm so glad to see you. Stevie! Chest pump! So, yes, now we're back at home, and it's just Steve and DJ in the kitchen. It's really... They have like mini tree, like it, like little mini trees, like one that is on either, one on either side of the basement stair stairwell. Uh, there's one at the foot of the stairs, off of the kitchen, kind of leading upstairs, and they have little gold twinkling lights. It's really cute. And DJ's like, how did you do all this? And he's like, well, we lost a reservation, but I still wanted to give you a special evening. And he says, and you'd be surprised what a man can do when he's trying to avoid Gibbler game night. And DJ says, oh, I missed Gibbler game night? Well, yeah, maybe being a concierge vet isn't so bad after all. Yeah, they're drinking Bure, Candace Cameron Bure wine from their vineyard. Ah. I've never honestly been a wine drinker either. And he says, you know, I'm sorry you had to work. And she's like, oh, it's okay. And they kiss. Aww. I love the little lamp on the table. It's so cute. And DJ says, you know, I realized something about us tonight. And Steve says, oh, yeah, what's that? Oh, my God, Kimmy, what do you need? And she's like, oh, good, you guys are home. She says, we need two more for Twister. Fair warning, Fernando is shirtless. <laughs> the look on Steve's face is like, mm, really? That's, mm, that's mm, great. <laughs> and <laughs> DJ says, yeah, we'll, we'll be right in. <laughs> and doing as soon as Kimmy's out of the kitchen, DJ says, quick, grab the wine. Let's get out of here. <laughs> our reservation but uh i still wanted to give you a special evening and you'd be surprised what a man can achieve when he's trying to avoid gibbler game night oh i miss gibbler game night yeah maybe being a concierge vet isn't so bad after all <laughs> sorry you had to work oh it's okay you know i realized something about us tonight oh yeah what's that oh good you guys are home. We need two more for Twister. Fair warning, Fernando is shirtless. 
All right, so that was the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Of course, as I said, this episode is dedicated to all the mothers out there in honor of Mother's Day, Stephanie and DJ and Kimmy as well. And yeah, so we're selfish. Like I said, I want to give it to Kimmy. She's like wearing like a black long sleeve shirt and it's got like fabric ribbons, like the squiggly ones, like like pink and blue and, ye- or, and yellow. I'm just, it just looks like it was done really fast. It's just, it's not appealing in any way. To, not to me anyway. And runner up for worst outfit, I really think, I really did not care for DJ's outfit. That dusty rose, you know, skin tight dress, just in, in the barrette in her hair. Just, uh, I wasn't a fan. But, Best outfit, I think. Mm. I really like Ramona's dress, so I will give her that. And then runner-up, I'm going to go with, uh, hmm. I really liked Jackson's, like, his light green hoodie. I don't know why. And I just looked good on him. And just, I know it wasn't anything spectacular, but it was still, I liked it. Tanner Teachable moment of the episode, of course, is going to be, if you are a partner in a business and you want to try something new, you definitely want to run it by your partner first. Don't just spring that on them. That's not really fair, especially if that person already has plans. You know, like, hey, I made an appointment tonight. We both got to be there. Like, no, 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 no. And the other thing when it comes to Stephanie, it's just you don't have to sacrifice your dreams just because you're, you know, a parent and stuff. You can do different variations and how that, you know, you can do both being a parent and, and living out your dream as well. You know, it's not like you have, you shouldn't have to sacrifice one for the other. It just, you can, yeah. And you just, you never know. Sometimes you might surprise yourself with you have skills that you, you haven't realized that you possessed before until you become a parent. Uh, as far as Gibbler Game Night goes, look, nobody wants to lose. It's all in how you handle yourself when you do. There's such a thing as being called a sore loser, and that's someone who throws a temper tantrum when they're a grown adult because they didn't win. Jeremy doesn't throw a temper tantrum, but in the times that I've won the Trivial Pursuit Disney, he'll be like, oh, the game, the, the game was rigged, or, or oh, uh, that last question you got was too so easy, or... It's like, come on, you, and I, I even tell him, it's like, you need to learn how to lose once in a while. You can't always win. And that's it. It's just, you can't. <laughs> so, all right. The next episode I will be focusing on, of course, is for Bob Saget's birthday on May 17th. Season 4, episode 15, Old Brown Eyes, which aired January 11th, 1991. Danny feels uncool when DJ turns to Joey and Jesse instead of him when it comes to organizing a fundraiser to get the school a new computer. 
So look forward to that. Yes, that will be in honor of Bob Saget's birthday. As I said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't yet and you want to leave a review, just go to iTunes, type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. Click on it. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Also, if you want to be heard on the podcast, you can write in at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I always put the email address in the episode description, so that way you can just get it from there. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you all, the mothers out there, have a wonderful, wonderful Mother's Day. And those of us that are celebrating mothers that have sadly passed away, just have a beautiful day. And another thing, just because you don't have a human child doesn't mean you can't celebrate Mother's Day if you have your fur babies. You are still a mother. Just want to point that out. I have my two fur babies, Quinn, my cat, who's going to be nine next month, and my hamster, Liberty, who's about, let's see, seven months old? Going on eight months old? Yeah, so... Yeah. Don't shame someone just because they don't have a human child. That's all I'm going to say. They have a a dog or a cat or a bunny or a hamster or guinea pig or whatever type of fur baby. It's like, come on, don't say, oh, you're not a parent because you don't have a human child. So all children, whether they be human babies or fur babies, make us a mother. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.